0: He said to the extent i desire to move through you you must allow me to cut on you the leaders cut what's up everybody welcome to the leaders cut you are in for a treat now you know how i roll we don't just bring anybody into this conversation we're bringing one of my favorites Michael Bethany is one of my favorite worship leaders, and I'm going to tell you why, because then we're going to talk about one of our favorite things on the earth. Michael, the way I describe him, first, he has a gift of wisdom. You're about to see it. If if you've never met him before, you're about to see a legit gift of wisdom. The man drops dimes that come from the Lord, not from his brain. All right. But second, if I could only describe him in a sentence, he's a dweller in the secret place in such a way that when I hear him sit at the keys or sing leading others in worship, you can, it's like you can tell on his vocal cords he has logged hours alone while no one was watching. Just him and the God of the universe. So we're gonna spend some time talking about our favorite thing, spending time in the secret place. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you Before we get into the nuts and bolts of this conversation, let them know who they're hearing these dimes from.
1: Listen, my name is Michael Bethany. I am a husband and a father. My wife is Siobhan Bethany. My two boys, Isaiah and Nathan. And we are the Bethany. And uh, I'm just... Listen, I'm, try, I'm trying to get into this right now and talk, but we just got out of worship. and I am so, no, I'm telling you right now, if, if I, where I come from, I love this question because I'm going to answer it from the perspective of intimacy. I come from a small church in St. Louis, Missouri, where there were no cameras, there was no production, the only productive thing we could do was be in the presence of God. Love it. (laughs) Because everything we did, it could not be packaged and enjoyed outside of that room. Uh, My father was a musician. He was a pastor, songwriter. My mother was a songwriter and singer. They both passed away. I've got a bonus mom. So we grew up in church like that. And so the the, the the One of the things I love about where I come from, I come from a small church when we don't care. Love like it. W- whatever's <laughs> going, it's like we're ready for whatever we, that's how it was. And so I grew up in that environment and my father passed away when I was 20. I left that environment. But that environment was so deeply imparted in me as I've navigated life, it haunts me. Hmm. I mean, there's there have been seasons in my life where I've tried to shake it. Like, I tried to move. I'm doing something else. Life has changed. I'm becoming an evolved person. You know, you've had that season in your yep. 20s. Like, you're trying to discover who you are. And I've ended up, and I'm so glad, back where I started. Mm. And though my life expression looks a little different than it looked in that little church in St. Louis, I mean, it does look different. It's a little nicer, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, but my heart... Posture was trained in that place. Mm. So when you see me leading worship, when you see me, you know, leading people into the presence of God, the mode that I'm set to was set when I was yep. a kid. Yep. It was set to um, this, this heart posture that says, I don't care what God says, I'm going for it. Whatever, it we, whatever we need to do, I'm game for it. However long we need to stay here, I'm all about it. And so that's how I I grew up and I married a a wife just like that. Love it. (laughs) And I got two boys. I'm trying to, you know, nurture in that and um, live in Dallas, Texas and, uh, well, actually Fort Worth. We moved to Fort Worth. (laughs) So we live in Fort Worth and, uh, and, and we're, we're excited about life right now. We're in a new season where we're doing a lot of traveling. My family's with me today and um, we're, international I'm getting to lead worship in a lot of places and it I'm I'm getting to do what what we like to do and I'm my heart is to get as many people into the presence of God and not only in the presence of God in my presence but to get into them a hunger to multiply hunger to multiply thirst to multiply desire so that when they leave my presence they stay in his.
0: So let's let's talk about something that I hear because uh, a lot of people think dwelling in the secret place is for pastors, mm. especially preachers and worship leaders. Yeah. And so let's dispel because we just so happen to be both of those things. <laughs> but let's dispel that long before I was a preacher, starting at 13 years old, I was a dweller in the secret place. That's right. So before I ever stood on a stage. All right. So let's try and dispel the myth that only people like us, like, I, I hate hearing someone say, well, Preston, I don't, I don't spend, you know, the rest of us don't spend a long time with the Lord like you do. Are, are we not all his children?
1: Okay, so here's the thing. There is no separate Bible for pastors. This, this. It's not, And there's no separate invitation from God. For leaders, the invitation from God is the same for all of His kids. Mm-hmm. There are no levels. Like in the presence of God, everyone gets to come around the presence, the throne of God together. I love this because we we have this this sense of which uh, we we kind of don't like hierarchy, but we embrace it. <laughs> it's like we we're mad at it when it doesn't serve us, but we love it when it gives us conveniences, right? But what, the pastor, he gets to have a green room, he gets to do this. Oh, you know, I, I don't get to have that. But then when it comes to prayer, and speak, oh, well, you know, there's a pastor. <laughs> it's unfortunate that we do that. But the reality is that is not what the presence of God is like. When you get in the presence of God, there, there, it even though God's given us roles and positions in the church for structure and government, in the presence of God, it's not even necessary. Because when everyone gets on their face. That's exactly right. <laughs> there are no levels. As a matter of fact, the word proskineo worship means to bow. Yep. So once everyone gets into the presence of God, there are no levels. There's only one. It's face down. He's the only king. He's the only authority. Pastor, bishop, apostle, whatever the title is, is is neither here nor there because in the presence of God, the only authority is his. Yep. I I really, I hate I, and I believe. The enemy does this to people, making people think that this is for the deep people, this is for right. the pastors, this is for the leaders, when God's invitation is to you. And I believe it breaks God's heart when his kids don't want to spend time with him. How
0: does the book end? Let all who are thirsty yes, come. All yes. who are thirsty. Everyone. Not the pastors, the leaders.
1: I think that is something that I would love and I'm working on that every time I'm standing on platforms and stages or wherever I get to go. I got to hang out with your team today. It doesn't matter where I go. Even for the last several months, every time I've been asked to preach, the Lord will only let me talk about intimacy.
2: Hmm.
1: He's like, talk about it again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk about it again. And I believe that, that we are absolutely, you know what it's like? to have you ever like gone through a day and not eaten and not realized that you were really hungry?
2: Mm.
1: I think people have gotten used to being hungry and ignoring it. It's great. Like we've, you, we're have we so preoccupied with life that we, we don't sit still long enough to realize how hungry we are spiritually for the presence of God. But I love it because when we get to immerse people in it, they start to realize, I'm really hungry for this. Mm-hmm. I'm really thirsty for this. And I want to multiply hunger. Love it. I want to multiply thirst. So when you leave me, you're still hungry and thirsty.
0: So let's, let's talk about a follower of Christ who isn't uh, or hasn't gotten a revelation of the secret place yet. Yeah. Intimate fellowship with the Lord. What, how would you describe somebody who's trying to pull off life with Christ? without abiding in him in the secret place. Let's try and paint a picture of of what life as a believer looks like without it.
1: Whatever you achieve minus the presence of God is still failure. Hmm. My goal in life is not to have anything it is to be in the presence of God. Mm. The, the beauty is understanding that in his presence is the fullness Boldness. of whatever you really need. Mm-hmm. And so trying to pull off life without God is like trying to eat without food. It's trying to breathe without oxygen. Mm. <laughs> it's it's a dying effort. Yep. And so... Th- I, that, that's the best there's there's that's it's a futile thing that's really because what we end up doing is trying to replace the thing that we really need with things that don't measure up to it don't satisfy and you live with the dysfunction of a dissatisfied appetite you never get what you really need see the rea- the reality is people trying to live without his presence still need something to fill the void Ooh. so we will find something we will all find something and it never works it's an idol it's it's, it's it's as foolish as that it's it could be a relationship that doesn't fulfill and I think even now it's devastating seeing people tr- setting marriages in the place of God and watching I hate watching marriages crumble, but one of the reasons they crumble is because that person you're trying to put them in a the position yep. that only God can occupy. It, it's business, entrepreneurship, even even crazy enough to think, even ministry. Mm-hmm. They're literally, and I understand this because ministry, there's this ambition. And it's been a, a thing, maybe always, but I know currently now everyone wants to be popular, wants to be known, wants to be seen. There's this comparison virus that we've got. And even in ministry, you can attempt to try to grow and accomplish and and become whatever it is that's in your mind without God. You know how I many people are preaching without the presence?
2: Yeah.
1: How many people are leading people without direction? Right. They're talking about things that they have no personal experience in. Yeah. And so even in that space, they're, they're, it's, it's all futile, it's all worthless, it's all nothing. So yeah that's the best way I can put it it's not worth your time
0: yeah I I get a picture of somebody like if I took uh, our five-year-old foster son right now to the gym with me on leg day and I put him under the weights that I put up to rep out his back would snap
2: mm-hmm.
0: it would literally he he could not he is not built at five years old to carry the weight that I have spent years building up to okay yeah one of one of the things that I think about when I think about just me when I'm not consistently spending alone time with the Lord something I feel more consistently is pressure and stress
1: oh my god yeah
0: because when you go into the secret place with the one who sits above the circle of the earth and below the people are like grasshoppers to him he holds the universe in its place by the power of his word. Yeah. It's amazing how light the heaviest of things
1: get.
2: Right.
0: I, I, I say to people, I don't just spend alone time with the Lord because I love him. I couldn't live without it. It's gotten to that point. I can't be me without being alone with him. I know what I look like without that consistent time with him. There's more pressure. You know, that there's an emptiness. There definitely. So I'll look for this and that to kind of give me a quick hit. Never works. Yeah. You know, there's confusion. One of the easiest ways to be confused is separated from intimate fellowship with God.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so here's the question I would ask to people. Why, why, if you have access to what Christ has provided access for you, not for ministers, for his children, for the children of God. Why would we not consistently go in to be alone with him? Every heavy weight you're carrying, you can lay at his feet. Yeah. Every fear you have keeping you up at night, you can throw in his lap. Whatever you're facing, I'm telling you, in his presence, everything looks different. But by myself, everything looks overwhelming.
1: You know, I think it's like... um, we you know it's like we are addicted to being an unhealthy mm. as people, often many of us. And a lot of us have gone so long without having that intimacy with God that we don't realize how out of shape we are. Like we don't really like you look in the mirror, you've gotten you've grown so accustomed to seeing yourself like this that right. this seems normal. Yep. And then when you hear someone talking about, you know, intimacy, what does that look like? What's well, spending time with that? What does that look like? It's like, it sounds like something, it sounds, it sounds like broccoli. <laughs> and it's like, well, so what are you gonna do? So you gonna eat broccoli with the Lord? Like, I mean, I, I mean, it's like, I would rather have, you know, cheeseburgers and french right. fries and, and enjoy what, what brings me pleasure. And I, what people don't understand is, here's what, like, when I compare this to living a healthy life and a healthy diet, When you when you start like experiencing the benefits of what healthy life is like. And then you break that rhythm of being healthy. How awful what used to be normal feels. That's what my life is like now. The diet and the rhythm of God's presence. So great. Is a spiritually healthy diet. And to people who don't want to live healthy. It sounds like broccoli. But to someone who truly have, have have embraced it and gone through the process, because here's a beautiful thing, that when you actually start to taste and see, mm-hmm. you discover that Woo, he is good. He is good. And your definition of good changes. That's right. Your appetite for what you long for starts to change. And now you understand that healthy is better than unhealthy. Mm-hmm. That being with God is healthy. And not being in God's presence is not just unhealthy, it's dangerous. Now I understand that everything I put into my body has an impact on my life. I understand that. I understand it more because I've got more time invested in a healthy lifestyle. And the more I spend time with God, the more I'm aware of the things that contaminate my soul. And the more I'm aware of the, nece- the necessity of God's presence. And to me, if you ask me, what would I like to eat? I'm going to ask for broccoli. <laughs> I'm, I, I, you would just do this joke like, what, do you want some pizza? No, I don't want any pizza. <laughs> I, I've had that. I mean, but, maybe, but what I want is something that's going to feed my soul. That's great. What is life-giving? What is breathing? And because you are a spirit being, you need life. Come on. You need to be connected to the spiritual That's right. source. That's and right. your soul is famished because you're trying to live life without the essence of life himself. Jesus is life. And so I, I I really believe that if people would start to say, and I think this is one of the things people try need to understand, that it doesn't start like the way we're describing it with all this passion. Right. It doesn't start right. Not like at all. that. It really it's really it starts with an awkwardness. I'll tell you a story uh, some years ago and I told you about this prayer room. Now, I grew up in church. I grew up. We had prayer service, all these wonderful things. Um, When I got into my 20s, I really discovered what prayer looked like for the first time I went to this church. And they have this room designed for prayer. I'm so jealous of you. I
2: can't stand (laughs) you right now because you got... I showed him my
0: prayer room earlier.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I'm jealous of this man's prayer room. Anyway, so I go to church and they have this room. When you walk into the room, there's curtains blocking the light from the door. So you close the door and then you go through the curtains. The walls, the floor, the ceiling, all blacked out. The only light in the room are candles on the far side of the room, envision this, on the far side of the room is an altar of candles that have been burning for years. And no matter when you walk in, there's fresh candles lit. And the wax has been melting for years and you can't see the table anymore. All you see is this huge mountain of wax coming down to the floor. And that's the light. Big Bible in the corner testimonies on the walls of God answering prayers. And God, he, 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 this is where I fell in love with the rhythm. And the Lord pricked my heart and said, I want you to meet me here every single day for lunch, every mm-hmm. day. So every day, this is, I would go to this church and I would meet with God. I would have to miss lunch every day. And I'd have to just stop by on the way back from the office by Subway. (laughs) And I just, I couldn't hang out with them people. Hey, man, you guys want to, you want you want to go to High Shots and go? No, I can't go with you guys. I have an appointment. I was, and my appointment was in this prayer room. Now, here's the thing. When I, the commitment God asked me to make in his prayer room was not to perfection. It was to presence. Hmm. Get this. We often talk about God's presence. And yes, we want God's presence, but God wants yours. Mm. And often what we think we have to bring, this is why a lot of people think this is what pastors do because they think pastors are perfect. Pastors know what they're doing and they understand is God's not looking for perfection. He looks for peace, looking for presence. And what God asked me to do, I don't care what you're doing here. I don't care how you pray. I don't care what your formula. I don't care. I want you to be faithful, to be present. And what the r- establishing a rhythm for prayer looks like is showing up on the first day. Come on. And then showing up on the yep. second day and then showing up on the third day. And what the beautiful thing about momentum and intimacy is you don't have to figure it out. Your faithfulness in God's presence actually moves you closer yep, to right. what that looks like. It's just it's the same thing with marriage. When, when me and my wife got married, we were at home. It's like, now what do we do? Now you just do life. What does that look like? You're here. That's what it looks like. You're mm-hmm. here. That's what it looks like. Okay, I'm 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 the man of the house. Now what it's like, okay, go to bed. Wake up. Go to work. I mean, it seems mundane, but what happens is the intimacy in the marriage grows with the rhythm so of the marriage. Great. And the and in those, those afternoons with God, I'm gonna be honest with y'all. There were some sometimes I, I went there straight up with you, man. I I slept. Like, I started and I was sleepy because I was up late, whatever it was. And you know what I found out? God was like, You're here though. I'm so great. I'm good with that because if you keep coming back, you're going to experience something so far removed from what you could have created. This is a supernatural space. Prayer is not regular conversation, it's supernatural conversation. That means the onus of praying on you is on the God you're praying to. That's right. Cause he's the super, you're the natural. And so I would go into this and it's like, how would I, whatever I did, he was there. And eventually I remember this after a long time of me doing this, I got used to this. Like I would walk into the room, my brain like registers, like neurologically. It's like, like I know 1,000%. where I'm at. Yep. And now the switch flips, the switch flips. I know where I am at. I'm listening to the, the music was the master's touch. <laughs> Benny the hand didn't write the music. I don't, it's, there's a guy who played this music. I but being him made it famous. However, this whole this music, this was not music. It's still no lyrics. I just listened to this music yep. and I just in God's presence. I got so attuned to that, and eventually, that's how I got to Dallas. Check this out. I, I know I'm going along, but I gotta no. do this. listen. There are answers that you have been praying to God for that will not come until a rhythm is established. Oh. There are things you're like, God, I want you to use me in my life. (laughs) Until you start showing up to class. Yahtzee. (laughs) I mean, I can't help you. It's like, you know, I want to be a doctor. Go to school. Where's the classroom for the Christian? It's in the prayer
0: class. Goodness.
1: That is where God can shape your heart to reflect his. And in that classroom of prayer, Prayer, the secret place of being faithful, showing up, not being perfect, but being present. Eventually, one day, I'm kneeling in the middle of this room. And I hear the Lord say, Micah, move to Dallas, Texas. I'm like, what? This? Okay, I know I'm at prayer, but I heard somebody talking to me. God, is that you? Here's the thing. Don't be weirded out by supernatural things because your God is a supernatural God. Exactly. Okay, let me just say this to you guys. For you guys, like God talked to you. Was it audible? Like, is that even possible? Do you believe God made the world? Then don't be don't be looking at me like I'm crazy. You believe God <laughs> made the world. Like, so we're already <laughs> in this together. We both believe it. in the supernatural. So if he can create the whole world, That's he can right. talk
0: to you. That's right.
1: And the Lord spoke to me and said, move to Dallas. Now, here's the here's thing. That was his will for my life. It was a defining moment in my life. I had to leave St. Louis, go to Dallas, and have a totally different life, not with my family, not in my dad's church, none of that. That, had, that literally catapulted me from a regional small town ministry to a global ministry. Yeah. Within months, no, no, seriously, I mean within months, within months, I was, I went from the prayer room to being with one of the biggest gospel artists in the world. And it wasn't about being with that gospel artist. It was God now setting me up for the ministry. He wanted me and my wife to operate. How did I know? Don't, don't get it twisted. It wasn't through prayer. Because you can't just go pray one time and get secrets. Yeah, it was the rhythm. <laughs> it was because faithfulness and rhythm have collided. Yep. And now God was able to entrust me with something precious to Him. I did I know how to do that? No. I, I this is going to be difficult because sometimes people ask "Well, what are you, what do you do?" I mean, I, I I do what I what I know. I do what, and and that has changed with my walk with God. I used to listen. I used to listen to songs, and now I don't listen to those songs anymore. I used, now I do mm-hmm. this. I do that. There is no formula. Yeah, right. It's like what's the formula between you and your wife? Right. It depends on the right. day. I mean, right. we're together. Sometimes I just want her to be quiet, and she, and she wants me to be quiet, and that's love. Sometimes we just sit in the bed, and just. It's like, that's all you do? Just sitting? 100%. That's totally fine. As a matter of fact, that's one of the ways you know you're with somebody that you can stay with. Because y'all don't need to entertain each other. And I could just be with right. her. And what, God's, what God wants is not for you to do something. He wants you to be with him. And that, that listen, I, I think this is what God wants to replicate in your life. He wants to tell you a secret. But God, like a great friend, will not entrust secrets to someone he can't trust. And if I can't see you frequently enough, there's no way I can trust you with my secrets. You could be great. I love you. Awesome. But you're not going to be here. Until I know you're going to be here tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Okay, I got your attention. let me tell you something <laughs> and you, what? oh, how did God communicate it? Don't ask me I'm not God. I didn't make that happen. He did and you'll only find out the secret things from God as you commit yourself to him intimately, faithfully, not through perfection but through attendance.
0: <laughs> so great i, I mean it, <laughs> this is it it is easy for someone to say well it's just so hard and for you to bring it to a level and say i fell asleep I, i've fallen asleep I don't, I don't know how many times and listen i personally feel like the lord says if it, if there was any other place pressing I love it when you fall yeah. asleep here because it means you're logging time in here. That's right. I'd rather you sleep right here for two hours than sleep somewhere else. Be here with me. I have my, I go in, uh, one of the things I tell people um, on YouTube, I use soaking in his presence. It's just instrumental worship. Me too. Do you? William Augustine. My <laughs>
1: man, William. My man. I owe
0: him money. Buddy, I. I he, he's getting money. I hope YouTube is hey, taking care I, of him. I, they are taking care of him because I've. I've got to have hit at least a 1,000 hours. Every day. At least. Every day. At least.
1: I let that thing in place. So you, t- you know what? Sometimes I'll leave the room and leave it Keep it, it going. I keep I, it going. I'll, I'll just set that atmosphere. Get back. <laughs>
0: That's what I'm talking about. It's <laughs> a prepared place. Yes. <laughs> he shows up to a prepared yes. place. Buddy. But it, it's when I started doing that consistently. Okay. So when you talk about just being present, that there's a rhythm. That is consistency. Yeah. When I started to get consistent, when I started my time a little bit the similar, a similar way with those tracks, my brain literally, the second I hear those, so before services, we play those tracks. Hmm. That's our pre-service and post-service music because I, I, no one knows, but hundreds upon hundreds of hours in yes. that room right there with those tracks, of course, that's what I want playing. That's the secret. The sanctuary is the secret place. That's what it was meant to be. Mm. It is the place where he dwells. It's the place where he loves to show up. It's the place where he loves to show off. Yes. It's the place where he loves to show himself. Right. This is what he does. And we've overcomplicated it. And we've given ourselves excuses, right. truthfully. It's, well, that's what so-and-so does. That's their gift. Now, intimacy isn't a gift, it's a commitment.
1: It's a definition. If you're a Christian, you should be intimate. Mm. It's the expectation that we have of every couple we ever meet. I hope they're intimate because if they're not, that's a dysfunctional relationship. To be in a relationship with God and not be intimate is weird. Like that's strange.
0: Yeah. Um oh my. We gotta make it strange. And not in a judgmental way, but we've got to make it strange.
2: Yeah.
0: It it, it would be like being married and never actually living under the same roof ever. Guys. How are we going to get to know one another? How are we going to grow intimate? We got a long time. And if we make all these excuses, well, you know, I'm just not like that. And I wasn't raised that way. And all these, you are his child. You are his child. You can come boldly, therefore now come boldly into his presence yeah. because of what Christ Jesus has done for us. So why would we not? The veil has been torn. I can go anytime I want into the presence of the one. Here's something he said to me the other day. So one of the things that, um, you know, I'm, I wasn't on social media 10 months ago. Okay. At all? At all. So I had an account all the way from my young adult days. But for the first 11 years of the church, first 10 years, I wasn't on it at all. Yeah. Now I'm on it. Now, you know. And it's amazing. The Lord's blessing it a little bit. And and so there's more and more people. And I'm getting asked, hey, how are you handling having more and more people follow you like every day? And here's the picture the Lord gave me. And now I share it with people. Preston, I want you to imagine you walk into a room with 10 million and one. 10 million and one people, and 10 million of them are shouting your name. They're screaming at the top of their lungs what they love about you, how you've changed their life. And as you walk further and further into the room, you realize the one is the one. And you walk in, Preston, and realize it's me. Mm. He said, I have one question to ask. Do you think you would even notice the 10 million? Do you think you would even hear the 10 million shouting your name? When I walk into the room, I make everything seem like nothing compared to me. This this is when people say, I, I just I don't know my identity in Christ, log time alone with them. Yeah. Log time alone. There is nothing like feeling. When he calls my name, you don't even have to say anything to me. You just say my name. You just say, "Son, I'm done. I'm done. Mm. I'm done." Fuck. That when we walk in close fellowship, listen. That, that, <laughs> I don't want to live any other way. That's what I want to say, yeah. and that's that's our prayer for everyone. Because we tried, we've tried to live without it. Yeah, it's miserable. It's exhausting, but on the other side, it is so life giving to be alone in a room with Him. So, one thing I do want to say to all of you, no matter what you do in this life, what your vocation is, what your calling is, it doesn't matter to me. I do want to say this I promise you, if you will cultivate And prepare a place where the only thing you do is spend time alone with him. I promise you, he will show up. If you just get a rug, if you're like, Preston, I have a small apartment and I don't have room. Listen, I've done this before. Get a rug. If it's a two by three rug and say, Lord, this six square feet right here belongs to you and you alone. This six square feet is for us. I'm not going to be on my phone. I'm not going to answer emails. I'm not going to be on calls. I'm going to have my Bible. I'm going to have worship music. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be alone with you on this six square feet. I'm not doing anything other than being alone with you. Do you honestly think that the God of the universe will look in your direction if you tried something like that and go, that's dumb? Hmm.
1: Six square feet.
0: I'm telling you, he doesn't need a thousand acres. He just needs a prepared heart. So I'm asking you, what's keeping you from preparing a secret, special place with him? Where you get into his word, where you spend a little more time. You're not in a hurry. Imagine going on a date with your spouse and after 4 minutes being like we good like we sit down at the restaurant it's your spouse's favorite restaurant let's say it's their birthday special day and 4 minutes into the date you go we good we done i'm i'm good you good how in the world and i'm not i'm not judging i'm not coming at anybody i'm talking to myself too all right is there a place for quickies I don't want to go too far, just like in my marriage, yes, alone with the Lord, yes, yes. But can we survive on fast food drive-through, spiritual time with the Lord? No, we can't. No. He, he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies, and it is not a one loaf of bread kind of meal. It is a banquet table, a buffet Filled with the riches of heaven. And I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about himself. He satisfies us. Listen, and I'm not saying a car is a bad spot. Listen, get it in where you can fit it in. But I will tell you one of the things I learned. When I dedicated a space to him, he started consistently showing up. If I just consistently would walk into the room just like what you're saying. I I didn't have to have the the you know, have a list of things to do. You mm-hmm. just walk in. Yeah. And you walk in consistently enough, he meets you.
1: He shows up before you even walk in. So let me just say this to whomever's watching. Um to the degree that God has been revealing cuz you Honestly, you don't know the half of what God really has for you. Um, But he has revealed maybe some of this to you. When we talk about intimacy, I want you to understand that the depth of your prayer and intimacy with God personally has to be a reflection or commensurate to what God's going to do outwardly. Oof. So if you're watching this and you're like, okay, I mean, I pray, I do my best. It's like, hold on a second. If you are starting a business You're going to be an entrepreneur, whatever the business is. You cannot say, well, I'm just trying my best. No, 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 no. You you, you have to privately prepare to build the foundation to hold the magnitude of your vision. So great. Every every significant person in the Bible who did something for God, we've got some evidence of their relational connection and intimacy with God. Because think of this. Think of all the conversations we have record of in the Bible. That's prayer. That is time with God. And whatever it is that God has seated in your heart, if you feel like there's a delay, I'm going to let you know. Yeah, there is a delay, because if you're not if you're not rooted in intimacy, you don't have what it takes to pull that off. Great. Right. Think about Moses. One of Moses is one of and I've heard you talk about this one of my favorite Bible characters to discuss when it comes to intimacy. And one of the reasons is because when I when you get to cuz I've heard you talk about Exodus 33 and mm-hmm. 34. You have to understand in Exodus 32, the children of Israel are worshiping a golden calf and this is this is the worst day in the history at that point. Yep. This is worse than being in Egypt. Because now they're in the wilderness and they are actually behaving like what they've learned from the Egyptians. They're actually they're actually behaving and embracing idol worship. And when Paul unpacks this, he actually he helps understand they weren't just celebrating, they were actually engaging in sexual immorality. They, no, this was serious. This was the worst day in yep. history. Moses is on the on the mountain with God getting the Ten Commandments. And God says, hey, uh, we got to stop. Mm-hmm. You need to go down there because the people, and here's what God uses this interesting phrase, the people that you brought out of <laughs> Egypt, they've totally lost it. And, and he goes out to meet with them. So check this out. He goes out to meet with them. And mind you, now Moses is the leader of the greatest movement in history of a people group that God has called. He's the talk about a mission from God. He's on the biggest mission of his life, but he's actually on the biggest mission of anyone's life Mm -hmm. at that point. And he sees them doing this and eventually, of course, he confronts them. It's a whole story. A lot happens. But eventually, two things that really caught my eye in chapter 32, he has a conversation with God and somehow God changes His mind. Step one from killing Mm everyone, which is crazy. The judgment for that God was like, okay, I'm starting from scratch, and I'm keeping you, Moses. I'm not keeping them. (laughs) Me and you, we're gonna start over again. This is gonna be another, you know, situation like no, just to be. And and then Moses is like, please don't do that, God. Okay, the mysterious nature of this God changing His mind thing is not for you to figure out. It's like, it's, it's silly. Like, it's like, how how do you figure out that God changed his mind? Is that a theological? Listen, God does what he wants. I don't understand it. The best way we can describe what happened is God, I guess he changed his mind because they deserve one thing, but God's mercy right. looks very different after God's conversation with Moses. But here's the thing. You get to chapter 33 and the story is progressing. It gets to verse 7 through 11 and the narrative totally stops. And there's a description of what Moses' prayer life was like. Smack dabbing me in the story. Okay. It's almost like we're talking about this terrible thing. Put a pencil in that. Let's talk about Moses, About It's like there's that flashback mode. So, this is what Moses' prayer life was like: he would go get this tent, he would go do this, and he would go talk to God. And when he would go into this tent, everyone would come to the entrances of their tent, and they would yep. look at him, and then they were like in anticipation of what God gonna do. And God would talk to Moses in the tent. And when Moses came out of the tent, his face was glowing, mm-hmm. and they were so like overwhelmed by what, what happened in the tent. And then Joshua would stay behind him, and all these, and that. And, okay, back to the story. <laughs> then we get to verse 12, and the story picks up again. Here's the point. Don't miss this. In the greatest time in history, the only thing that prepared Moses for the greatest challenge in history at that point was a prayer life. The the magnitude of his ministry was measured by his intimacy with God. Yee, yee. The, the, the magnitude of what, see, I think you're worried about the wrong thing. You're worried about what you're going to do. God's con- is concerned about where you are right now. Like, I, I don't, it doesn't matter what you'll do. If you're not spending time with me, it doesn't matter where you go. It won't work. And far be it from me to do something for God without his presence. That's mm-hmm. insane. Let's go to the next thing, because I, I know you don't want to make anybody feel bad. And sometimes the truth will make you feel bad. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing when you feel bad about something that's actually it's bad. It's called conviction. It's called <laughs> conviction, right? So this is productive feeling bad. Okay. So I, I often talk about this. Why is it? Like You invited me here to be with you this weekend. And I'm grateful for that. If I had not shown up, and you were expecting me to be here today, hmm. and i text you at 5.30, service starts at 5, and I said, man, I hope you know my heart, something came up, crazy, man, wife, kids, this is crazy.
2: You were-
0: You were a punk right now. You are a punk right now. Are you
2: serious? Like, what? What are you- What?
0: Wow.
1: I know your heart.
0: Yeah, we do it all the time.
1: Your heart? Bro, I do know your heart. And your heart is awful because you left me hanging. (laughs) Why do we always? First of all, God does know your heart. Read Jeremiah 17. He says, yes, I know your heart.
2: It's (laughs) it's (laughs) desperately wicked.
1: (laughs) Your heart is jacked up. So don't stop saying God knows my. Yes, and that's the problem. Here's the thing. I, this is not me. I ain't trying to beat you up. I'm just, I got to just tell the truth. And this is what God is telling me like, why is it whenever it's my turn? Oh, I got to know your heart. Oh, whenever it's time to talk about me, oh, you, this is the time you're not religious. Now you got to talk about legalism and religion. And crazy church people who want to make you feel bad and do all these things that are unnecessary because God's got grace, which is not what that means. If you have God's grace, which is His divine power to change your heart, then you would change. You're talking about divine permission, like to be whatever you're going to be. That's not what God is giving you, yeah. so that's not grace. And so the reality is, why is it that whenever God is saying it's how it's my I can. You can get the doctor on the calendar. We can get the girl's trip on the calendar. I can get the dentist on the calendar. I can't get God on my calendar because to put God on my calendar that often is just too rigid and too religious. Wow. That's, that's insane. I can get lunch on my calendar every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think of it, and this is when we talk about God's presence, Isaiah 6, seeing God for who he is and then realizing, oh man, I'm desperate for you. Mm. I I can't go another moment without your presence in my life. I need you. The precursor to purpose is presence. And so I need you right now before I talk about the activities of life. And because of the 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 depth and the magnitude of what you call me, I can't even afford right. to not be here. Right. I want to challenge everybody who and I, I said now you get me into my my this is my not only is this is my passion. it may sound like I'm on a soapbox, but this is this is serious to me for every person who says, "Hey, man, listen, yo, I'm not a morning person. I don't do morning. First of all, Being a morning person is not a personality type. (laughs) You will be whatever you choose to be. If I gave you something important enough to wake up for, you would get up for it. And you wouldn't even need an alarm. (laughs) What we are saying to God is, you're not important enough for me to wake up that early. And by the time you get up, you're so busy with everything you have to do that's on your calendar that there's nowhere to fit God. The irony is, I don't have room for you, but I need you to maintain room for me. God is so amazing and so merciful and so patient that he actually puts up with that. But his invitation, into his presence is the, is the doorway to you really walking into the greatest measure of your purpose. It's the only reason I'm sitting here right now. It's the only reason that I even have anything to say. Yeah. If you look at my platform, you know, it, that, that platform ain't there. If it weren't for that dark room, that, that, that if it's not for that room, if it weren't from in my house right now, that room and my son sitting over there, he could tell you all about it. This is not a game. Yeah. This is this is so serious. Now I, w- I want to give you something practical. So if you if you're asking, so okay, okay, we get it. <laughs> we need to do this. We and I want to challenge you. you. You probably should get up early, make time for God. You may have to go to bed. It's a simple, practical things like that. Because think of this. For me, this is what I discovered. Would you talk when you start talking about um, the drive-through prayer in 2017? The Holy Spirit convicted me. I was laying in my bed. It's like, hey, enough is enough. Hmm. You you pray when you want to, and I was pray. I was I was about to start praying. I leaned back in my bed, and I was I was multitasking as I was praying. <laughs> I would be falling asleep <laughs> at the very okay, like Lord, <laughs> like what are you doing? Imagine date night, baby. I love you, baby.
2: So glad we get this time together. <laughs> you hungry. <laughs> it's like go. <laughs> <laughs> go get you something. <laughs> so,
1: but I'm in, I'm in this, I'm in this season. God's like, hey, listen, I want you to stop living on the on the drive-through prayer life. And I want you to designate a time and a place and set a rhythm with me. Matthew 6 talks about this, which is where I was going with this. Matthew 6 says that when you pray, go into your closet.
0: Exactly right.
1: And so here's what I did. I literally went into my closet. I just took it. I went to my closet. And and if if your closet isn't large enough, that's fine. It's a metaphor for just a a space that's dedicated to, to God place with no distractions, right? And, and if it makes you feel better, I don't go to that closet anymore. I go to a room. So wherever you want to go, I'll go there. But then people, people will sometimes ask me, then what do you, how do you start? What do you say? Okay, here's, here's what we do. We, we, we've been spitting out some of this, but here's some of the practicals of this. And so for what I do, and we do the same thing, I go into the same room every time, Yep. and I go at the same time. This is, this is the secret sauce. It's, it's rhythm. Rhythm is everything. Rhythm is everything when it comes to same place, same, same bad place, same black time. Love it's it. like I go there yep. every day. What this does is it rewires your brain to the activity of intimacy. Okay. I listen to the same kind of music. Mm-hmm. I play that William Augusto soaking in his presence. I play it every single time. When I when I get in there, I'm going to tell you, I'll give you more detail. I, I bought a, a, a tea, is it a kettle? Mm-hmm. So I have a little table in the corner. I go in there, I make my tea. I steam every morning because I'm a vocalist. And so I put the water in the steamer, close it, turn the steamer on, get the tea on. I set everything up. The music is already playing. I sit down in the same chair and I just sit there. Sometimes I forget the, the tea is done yeah. the steam is all out of steam <laughs> I' just like but I sit there and I play that same music now here's a little practical tip where do you start okay if you don't know what to do Jesus disciples asked this question yep. teach us to pray That's right. now why would they ask him teach us to pray because listen the best way to learn is to watch a model and so because Jesus had a prayer life mark 135 he get up and he leave the house, go to a, a secluded place, a place of solitude. That word actually means wilderness. You have to come to my podcast, Life in the Wild, to learn what <laughs> that means. And you learn Jesus went to the place outside the town. Sounds like Moses, doesn't it? Going to a place outside of distraction to spend time with his father. And so you so you may ask. Okay, so 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 they watch him, they watch his model. And now they, they're, they're asking themselves, can we replicate that? And they ask Jesus, teach us to pray. Jesus teaches them this prayer in Matthew 6 and verse 9 says, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. You may remember this from the King James, hallowed be mm-hmm. your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he walks you the next few verses we've got and just teaches them to pray. All right. listen, to this day, I will start hmm. with my father. And sometimes just saying that, meditating on, thank you for being my father. Thank you for accepting me. Because for me to say, and I love Jesus said, pray like this, our father, because now he's included us yep. into the relationship of intimacy that he has. Because that's his father, not just his father. Now it's ours. Now I think about who's in heaven. Hallowed be your name. May your name be kept holy. Now I consider the holiness of who you are. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I want your authority to rule in my life. Before I ask for a single thing. That's great. I'm submitting my heart, my mind, my life, my belongings, my money, my body, everything to you. And then, God, I pray today for provision. And I say this every day. I pray for for daily bread and provision for for myself, for my wife, for my boys. God, you have everything I need. Give us this day. Our daily bread. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of unrighteousness. Take those those evil, wicked thoughts from my mind. And I want you to forgive me like I forgive others. So now I'm reminded that my intimacy with God and my clean, my heart being clean is attached to my ability to love other people. I'm not in this room by myself anymore. Because now I can't not just pray to God and ignore the people that I have offense with. Forgive me as I forgive other people. And the prayer goes on and on. Here's the point. I'll do that. And what happens is, and I'll do that right now, every day. That's a great place to start with your prayer. And then if you get to the end of it and you have nothing else, I will be surprised, actually, maybe. But here's what's more important than you feeling good or bad about having more to say. Set the rhythm. Stay in it. Yep. Because the more time you have invested in a relationship, the more you have to talk about.
0: It's amazing going through Jesus prayer in Matthew six. And you said it. You, there are times you could even start off with father. Yes. And the way it comes out of your heart. You spend the next 15 minutes meditating, being just lost in the presence of your heavenly father. Mm -hmm. Sonship, daughtership. It's, or maybe some days it's forgive me my trespasses. Lord, I'm sorry. You are so good to remove my trespasses as far as the East is from the way. It's amazing how one thought, when we're alone with him. Can spin off into an entire session. That's right. In the secret place, and Jesus made it easy. Mm -hmm. It's 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 not rocket science. It's not. And and here's the deal. I think we have to remind people. Listen, we're not telling you you're bad. If if you're inconsistent, we're we're all inconsistent. We're endeavoring to be more more consistent. No one's coming down on you. Here's here's our heart. That you would get to a place where you'd get the same revelation. Scripture talks about, My heart has heard you say, Come away with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. What would your life be like if more days than not you had time dedicated to chasing after him? When you get a revelation, He stands over your bed all night. Go read Psalm 139 and see the person who wants to spend all this time alone with you. Then then we haven't even touched pray without ceasing. It's not just in the same place at the same time. You start living it out. It's all the time. It just comes out of you. It's just anywhere, anytime, because that's the way we were made to live I want the closest thing to to the garden I know that that those flaming swords keep us out of the garden but Mm. I am telling you when that veil was torn there is a measure of garden life yeah intimate close proximity with the God of the universe the enemy would say oh you're bad you're bad you're bad they're spending more time with God. You're, you're not. You're bad. No, no, no. That's not how he's talking right now. It's not condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who in Christ Jesus. It's more like this. Come away with me. What would it look like? I just want you to imagine God saying this to you. What would it look like if you hit the pause button on everything in your life for the next 48 minutes of your life? and got so lost in my presence that it turned into an hour and 38 and you didn't even realize it. I'm telling you, it's actually easier than you think. Once you get in that rhythm and in that flow, you just roll. And I'm, I'm telling you, when, when people are like, Preston, I, how, how do you do what you do? Listen to me closely. We are trying to tell you there is no doing what you do without this. Well, Preston, I'm doing some pretty good things. I mean, I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting it done, and I, I'm not really doing anything you're talking about. Oh, okay, duly noted. Let me ask you a question. If that's what your life looks without it, can you even wrap your mind around well. what life might look like if you actually started abiding? What did Jesus say? John 15 is one of my favorites. 13, 14, 15. Love those three chapters. Apart from me, Preston, you can't do anything. So abide. Live with me. Walk with me. But this might be weird you. I, I lay in the presence of the Lord. Sometime for really extended periods of time. So much so I had to put a, a mattress on the a little you Got know to Protect bed. those knees. I broke that my back. I lay on my <laughs> back. My back started getting bad. But listen, th- those are good problems to have. God, I want to spend time mm. with you. And I want you to feel pursued by me. So we're not counting the minutes so that we can walk around and and talk about it but it's not about that just like you don't talk about how long date night was two weeks ago when it was the best night that you and your spouse have had in years you're not talking about how many minutes Mm. but you lingered yeah you weren't in a hurry and the last two weeks have been exponentially better between you and your spouse because of the time you made for intimate fellowship together listen you already know these principles These these are not just kingdom principles. They're relational principles. It's both and. Our God loves to be alone with us. And it's for anybody. Let all who are thirsty, not just come to me, come abide in me. My heart has heard you say, come away with me. And Lord, my heart responds saying, I am coming. This is how we are made to live. I, I love getting to hang with somebody who's just, I knew once you went into my prayer, I already knew how you would roll. There's like three people, you know, that I know would walk into that room and, and just, you know, because it's sacred. It's a, you, you know what it's like to create a place, to prepare that place to consistently dwell in that place and to encounter him supernaturally
1: in that place. I wrote a song about that called walk with you. Love it. And you know, when I've been talking about this, I I like to give homework. So, listen, here's your homework. Whenever you listen to this, I want you to set an appointment with God. And this is not me plugging my music.
0: No, no, no. It's one of my favorites. I one would, of your sweetest songs.
1: I, want, I would like to submit to you, in the words of, of our dear brother Tim Ross, I would like to submit this to you, that you would download that song or stream it or wherever you watch it, YouTube, wherever you access music, and go to that place and just play this song. Now, here's what that song represents. The first lyric of the song.
2: Early in the morning, you wait for me to rise. Counting down the seconds till I open up my eyes. I hear your invitation. You have been so patient. So, Lord, this is my reply. I want to walk with you and talk with you. Hear you speaking and feel you breathing. Walk with you and talk with you. I want to hear you speaking. And feel you breathing. I want to know you. Not just about you. It's hard to stop
1: singing this. Keep it.
2: I want to be with you. And not just around you. And I want to love you. And not just be loved by you. I want to walk with you.
1: That song came from my prayer journal. And all I'm doing is describing in the best way I can in this song, what that's like for me. Verse two is all from Psalm 23. It's just a song written out of the pages of what we've been talking about. And when you, if you need a tool, I believe this tool will be a blessing to your experience with God. I want to ask you to accept this homework assignment, set a time, set a place, commit to a rhythm. And as a jumping off song, use Walk With You, I believe God's going to take what my experience has been. And the reason God called me to record that song before I recorded the album, I recorded that one song. Over a year ago, the album came out, has done so well. And you know what people went back to? The the song (laughs) I did over a year ago. Because this song is contagious. Preston's life of intimacy is contagious. You can't be around this guy and listen to him talk about God and talk about intimacy and not be jealous. I mean, I, I went in that room. I'm slightly angry that I don't have one of those rooms. I want that, but I want you to have that same desire in your heart because it's not enough for you to listen to us. Yeah, God wants to That's invite right. you. That, that invitation he's talking about, Psalm 27, God's invitation is to you. Right. Now, let me say this last thing. If you feel like, Maybe God doesn't want to talk to me because I, I have, I've gone too far. I've made some really bad decisions. And it's difficult to talk to God because I feel guilty. So I just want to tell you something. One of the best times to talk to God is when you feel guilty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's at that moment that God gets to remind you what a father's love is like. <laughs> I, with my sons when they come to me when they've done something wrong or when something's gone bad that's when I get to show off that's when I get to do what fathers do and god is waiting on you to come to his presence you will there is not a better time to go to god than right now as a matter of fact it's so heavy on your heart here's another little tip when you get into the presence of God and something's really weighing on your heart, don't try to be deep. Talk about that. Just say, God, you know how many times I've gotten and come come to prayer and said, God, I'm so tired. Don't you know that God cares about how you feel? And he's touched by your weaknesses and your infirmities, and he loves it when you bring those to him. Come unto me, everyone who's heavy laden, burdened down, stressed out, and I'll give you rest. The only way to get the rest is to come Mm -hmm. to him. So take take the opportunity, no matter what, no matter what you've done, no matter how long it's been, there is no amount of space that my kids can have from me to make me change my mind about wanting to spend time with them. Whenever you, you decide this is what the prodigal story was all about, God is waiting for you. And he doesn't just wait when you're in some bad situations. The song is so powerful because the way God gave it to me was like, can you imagine you being asleep and me waiting on you? <laughs> and God said, I can't wait till you wake up. Because I, I can't wait to hang out with you. I can't wait to spend time with you. I can't wait to show you some stuff in the word. I want you to read a verse you've heard all your life, and I'm going to open it up to you. And it's going to be so clear and you're going to see me in it. And it will change your life. And it will be the answer to what you need for your marriage or for your business or for your kids or for your health or for this or for that. It's in that moment. I can't wait until Preston gets up. That's that's my submission to you. Make your appointment. Set your time, choose your place, set your rhythm. And for those of you who will take walk with you with you and ask God whatever you did in those guys. I want that too.
0: It's not an us thing. It's a hymn thing. It's a hymn thing. And that's, that is our heart because it's his heart. And what I love when you were saying, number one, it's the first time anybody's sung on the <laughs> Leader's Cut, and I am here. If it was going to be anybody, Come on. it had to be you. <laughs> Cody didn't sing. If this is that it there, that's impartation. Yeah. You didn't just write, that came out of your prayer journal. That's right. And so there is something on that, and I guarantee you many of them sensed the Holy Spirit in it and on it as you sang that song over them. It's a prophetic declaration for all of us. So will you, as we wrap up our time, would you pray over everybody? And and, because we we want this for every, these are our brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. I desperately, you desperately want them Mm -hmm. to experience breakthrough, to go into the deepest recesses of the father's heart, would you just pray over them all before we wrap up?
1: Jesus, I just pray now for every person who will listen to this. I, I even ask God that you would that you would control the algorithm mm. to get this video to every person who can possibly hear it. That they would not just hear our voices, but they would hear your invitation. Because you are personally inviting them to the table. To have a meal with you. To be in your presence. God, I ask that what you've done in me and how you have um, placed this deep clarity in my heart. And priority for your presence, that you will multiply that revelation in everyone listening. I pray that the bondage of condemnation and guilt and shame will be broken right now, and that they will hear that the Father is personally inviting a broken person to the table, and that there is a seat waiting, and there's room and space for them, that they won't wait, they won't delay. They won't put it off. They won't make excuses and they won't allow shame to keep them from the table. God, this is a work that we believe you for right now, that you would multiply what we have discovered in the hearts of every person who has an ear to hear. And I pray it and ask you with all of my heart, as if it were from my very own life, in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. What a rich time, bro. Thanks for, for being on. This is, remind them your podcast. They need to find you. They need to find you on social. You drop dimes all of the time. All of the time. Like, you, it is dense. It, it is just from the Lord. So, give them your social, yes. give, them, give them a podcast.
1: So, uh, Michael Bethany Official on social media, Instagram, um, and Life in the Wild on YouTube podcast and on all your podcast platforms, as well as you can go to YouTube. And this is what I love because all the live worship stuff is on Michael Bethany on YouTube. You can go to Michael Bethany on YouTube and you can find all these worship moments. Bro,
0: you're live. Holy moments. Oh are,
1: no, they're they're no joke.
2: They are sick.
1: When, when we recorded this album, I let everyone know we're we're not capturing songs. We're capturing the experience. Hundred percent holy. So moments. we're not. Some of these songs are going to be fifteen plus minutes because I want to give the experience to people at home that they can have over and over again. And so you can go listen to feel the room. Mm-hmm. It's about sixteen minutes long. And you can't keep saying, fill the room, fill the room, fill the room, and then nothing happens. That is a request that God loves to answer. Yep. And so you can go to Michael Bethany on YouTube, and you can find all the music there. And I would love you guys to join me on the Life in the Wild podcast. We've got some great stuff coming up. Can't wait for you guys to see that.
0: You know I don't ever plug stuff, but you know I love you so much that there are things And some of his holy moments i have listened to on repeat over and over and over and over and over and over again i'm telling you i i don't ever want to bring anybody on that it is just a space filler i want it to be somebody that brings value brings richness to your life because god's hand is on their life and i'm telling you this is one of my favorites right here Mm. it's a special thing so i pray that you set a goal For the next seven days of your life, just try it. For the next seven days of your life, I want you to set one goal. I'm going to log more time alone with the God of the universe over the next seven days of my life than any week prior. And let's just see what happens. I'm telling you, he'll meet you. He will show up, and all bets are off when he does. We love you so much. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's always fun to get to be with you. We'll see you next week.